We're professionals. We'll rise above it. You know what that song means. That means we're here recording. Would you call this our first episode of Ear and Loathing? Our first official, right? First official episode, yes. Yeah. We did do one already, and it was garbage, so we tossed it in the trash. <laughs> but, but I'm here. I, I'm Damon, uh, one of your hosts, and jo- I'm joined by... George. George, another host here sitting next to me in Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of the world. And who's on the, uh, who's on the Zoom call with us? Uh, that would be me, Aaron, out here in the mighty, mighty Midwest of, of, of this great land, America. Holding down the Midwest for us. That's right. So what is, what, what, how would you guys describe, since this is our first episode, uh, f- first public episode, how would you describe Ear and Loathing? What what kind of show is it? Well, the, there's a there's a few different features we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have fun with, but the main part of the show, what the title refers to, "Ear and Loathing," is well, how would you describe it, George? Uh, I would say it's a uh, show where you uh, you really discover what your friends hate, what songs <laughs> they really hate, and them as people, and then try to uh, have a competition decide to decide what they hate the most. Right. And, and it's me versus uh, George or George versus Aaron or Aaron versus me torturing the other guy. Is that I right. know that's super confusing what I just said, but it'll all make sense after a while. very simple once it gets going. Yeah. <laughs> I guess let's just talk a little bit. Let's, let's, uh, let's kibitz here a bit uh, before we get started with the torture chamber. Um, and I'm looking forward to the torture chamber because I will be in the torture chamber this week. Nice. And George and Aaron have prepared some some what sounds like to be horrifying songs oh. for, for my enjoyment. A but, real uh, bitch's I, brew. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, so I have a, a, a little uh, anecdote I'd like to share with you guys. Sure. And Aaron may know what I'm talking about, although I'm sure George can relate. Um, so let's go back to, let's say, 20 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And you would walk into a bar. You'd walk into a a venue, a restaurant, uh, you know, an airport for that matter. And there'd be m- music piped in, right? Yeah. And uh, I used to get so bummed out when I would hear the same playlist all the time. And in this case, I'm referring to classic rock. I mean, I'm sure you could you could make the argument about easy listening or, or whatever else. But you walk into a bar and you you hear, you know, Ricky, don't lose that number. Or, or uh, if you're lion lucky. eyes or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're just like, you know, th- th- it's not that you don't like the songs, but you've heard them 7 billion times. And my complaint was always like, look, could you just play another Steely Dan song or something? <laughs> and and so, you know, go down the list of, of it was Eagles, it was Steve Miller, it was, it was uh, you know, fill in the blank. Of, right. Of, they would I, never they, play, they would play Life in the Fast Lane or like Desperado when like you could play Pretty Maids all in a row, which is an unbelievable song super pretty and fills that same gap that nobody needs to hear desperado like again if you're waiting for the flight you know yeah maybe i'd like my last song in a public forum to be another song besides desperado right and so and so i 
I'm a guy who spends a lot of time in bars, not just drinking, but <laughs> part of my job. I'm a, I'm a working musician. And so I have been in bars and venues all over this lovely Southland. I walked in on New Year's Eve. I had a, I was going to a gig and I walked into the bar and it was either Oyakomeva or what was the, what's the Black Magic Woman? It was one of the right. two. I can't remember. But it was one of the top three, you know, Santana songs you always hear all the time. And this warm feeling came over me. And I'm yep. like, why Why am I liking this uh, Santana song I've heard seven billion times? And this is, goes completely against my belief system, which is I don't want to hear the same classic rock songs all the time, as I just described. And I realized... They're not playing Taylor Swift or Modern Country, which I've got. I've grown so used to hearing. You know, you got Katy Perry at a at a at an airport, you know, bar or something. You, no one wants to hear that, but and yeah. yet it's, it's it's ubiquitous. So when I walked in, the soothing, mellifluous sounds of "Oh Yo Come Ever," and I went, "Oh, this is nice." And then I realized it. I, I had to do the internal math, and I realized this isn't. This is actually quite enjoyable compared to what it could be right now. Absolutely. So uh, that that's that's my uh, really not very interesting revelation this week. Uh, Aaron, what do you what do you got? <laughs> I uh, was thinking uh, in the spirit of the podcast, I was thinking that <clears throat> the life changing moment for me that was beautifully encapsulated in a in the in a short short moment that I was completely aware of what I wanted to do for the rest of my life with eight million exclamation points. And then, and thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And then I was the uncoolest person possible with the same amount of exclamation points behind it right at the same moment. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that really, that really added up later. I should have made more attention to it, but like it was a beautiful moment and I'll never forget it. And in the spirit of the podcast, I thought this was the one I'd bring up. But, um, in April of 1983, I went to my first rock show. And that was, uh, so I was like all of, I had just turned, I believe, 12. And so I'd gone to, um, with my buddy Kevin, went to the Palladium to go see the Ramones and the Dickies. And so it was just a mind-bending experience, as you can imagine, for a child. And uh, before the show, because we got dropped off by our parents, it was a different, simpler time. And he was, he was all of one year older than me. <laughs> so he was 14, wise, wise, wise. And he was. But we were dropped off and we were walking around and we went around to the front of, uh, of the Palladium and there's the Denny's like across the street. And yeah. we were standing on the corner and who jaywalks across the street but was the entire Ramones. <laughs> wow. Like, the four like of an them, album cover. Yeah, right? the four of them together skipping across the boulevard. And it, it blew my mind in half because like, there they were. And it looked like they were like a cartoon because there they were together. It wasn't like just Joey. It was all four of them. And, right. and it was so obviously them. And, and, and in my moment, I could hear Kevin goes because he was one year older and cooler. He was like, wow, look at that. And I go, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And, and Kevin was horrified. And, uh, and so was I, but then immediately got over it because like, I was kind of embarrassed and wanted him to think that I was cool. But, uh, but as soon as we got inside the venue after that little moment and the Dickies came on and I was just, I couldn't believe it. They had a, they had, they had a puppet shaped like a dick. And then, then, then the Ramones came on and blew my fucking mind apart. And I was just like, this is it. 
Like I was so sure, like nothing could compare. And uh, so it's with that spirit that uh, we, uh, I enter into this uh, podcast notion where it's like, it could be alternately the greatest thing in the world surrounded by music. It could be embarrassing. It could be cool. It could be, it could be outrageous and it all makes sense and it's all fun and it all makes for a good chat. So happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Great. That, by the way, in that analogy, I'm the Ramones and George is the Dickies. Okay. That sounds fair. And I'm the puppet I'll shaped like a dick. I'll be the Dickies. That's fine. Exactly. I, I've been I'm the dick of being a puppet shaped like a dick a lot of times. <laughs> uh, also, I'd like to add to that story, um, just little known fact, uh, that the Ramones had been having a pre-gig meal at, over at Denny's and Johnny had the moons over Miami. <laughs> There's no way he didn't. So I just I wanted some clarification on this story. Were they coming from Denny's? Like they, they had going, just had a meal? My memory oh, is they that going they're going to, from, to there, but it wouldn't make a ton of sense, though. Like, the show hadn't started. We weren't in. There's no way they would just, like, sit there and listen to the Dickies play. I mean, at that stage in their right. career, they were probably already fed up. So they were like, let's go get some food and we'll be back later. Um, yeah, they were probably like a, a good hour away from showtime for them, at least, right? At least, at oh, least, because yeah. we were still outside, and being kids, we weren't hip enough to know, like, there's no reason to race into the venue, like, you know, so it was, uh, yeah. they're, they're, that's that's likely what was happening. They were on their way to get some chow, and then they hit the stage shortly after. Right. I like that they were jaywalking, too, because it's rock and roll. That's right. They weren't oh, waiting yeah, for the light. Yeah, they, don't, oh, they, they weren't here to play games. <laughs> No, 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 and sir. they're from New York too. They're from New York. You just jaywalk. You no one cares. <laughs> I, here's a quick, a quick little, a little uh, anecdote. I was in the city of South Pasadena, which is where Aaron and I met. South Pass kicks ass. School. South Pass kicks ass. <laughs> the South Pass kickassians. Um, that's our our, our mascot. It but, is. Uh, I, I was. It, it's a very uh, white bread little suburb of Los Angeles, and and uh, it, it, you know, if, if you want to film. Everyone knows this, but if you want to film uh, a, what looks like a, a kind of midwestern, tr- tranquil little town, right? You you, you go. You, the film crews come out to South Pasadena. You can drive down the street any day of the week and see a film crew somewhere in South Pass for filming a commercial or a movie or a TV show. So anyway, it's a very it's a very uh, gentle little town. And so I was walking down the street and I got to a intersection. And this group of kids, they were, you know, I was I probably in my 30s at this point, And these kids were probably in their teens, like probably still in high school. And they're all in their punk regalia. And I don't mean <laughs> like, like punk in the, in the like 70s and 80s. They were like third, fourth generation punks who just sort yeah. of like that was their, their fashion thing. Yeah. And they got they uh the, the they get to the intersection and these these four punks quote unquote mm. Mm. Re- these rebels yeah they they uh they hit, they hit the the, the crosswalk yeah. button Beep for, for, yeah <laughs> and three of the guys just went full full rebel and like crossed against the the flashing light and then mm. other punker with his mohawk stand, waits at the thing and says no guys it says don't walk. No, <laughs> guys, the punk, guys, the punker kid wasn't going to cross against against the light. So I thought that was very, very sweet and endearing. Anarchy. Uh, George, tell us about your fine. How do you do my fine? How you do this week uh, involves Dave Grohl is my is my thing this week. Um, I don't like the sound of this. Uh, you may not. That's I'm trying to it's kind of a check, sort of a check me on this. I um, as I listen to. Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins be interviewed on Howard Stern 
and other places for their horror movie that they did. It just, there's something, I, I really like those guys and they're so likable and Taylor Hawkins in particular is from Southern California and he he just feels like he's like us. He's the same guy. He's the same, he thinks the same things are funny. That band he's in, Chevy Metal, they almost have the same set list as we do. And, but there's something about Dave Grohl being handed the keys to rock and roll 20 years ago, like someone, I don't know who, handed him the keys and went, hey, um, shut the lights when you're done. Like, and he's been the ambassador of rock now for like, because he's the only, the Foo Fighters, I guess, are the only modern rock band that's making music. And even that music's 20 years old. And there's, and although I like them, both of them, and I'm not a huge fan of the music and I don't think it's all that good, but they, there's something that sits wrong with me that they were given the keys to everything. And I, and I don't know why. And I wanted to discuss that with you guys and see what you thought about that. I, I have a Grohl symposium I could do, yeah. but uh, Aaron, do you want to talk, talk about Dave Grohl? Um, I like, I, it, I, I notice it, it is funny. And it, and it's one of those things where like, if anything happens in rock, he's the guy that you got to go get. Yeah, he's, he's like for a while there was, yeah. yeah, it was Melissa Etheridge was that for many, many years for some mm-hmm. reason. And I could never figure that out, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, go into a gal maybe is a nice change than always going to some dude. So, (laughs) you know, there's that, but with Grohl, it's one of those things where I think it has something to do with, in my impression of it is that, yes, it's bumped me in the same way, but I always found it. There's a soothing idea for it because what, what it says to me that somebody's made a decision that he's game for anything. He's got a good sense of humor and he's going to be consistent. He's not going to be moody. He's not going to be anything. He's reliable. He's a reliable soundbite. Back in the day, maybe that would have been the choices would have been Steve Tyler, da 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 da, but completely unreliable. But for a while, Steven Tyler was that guy. You always yeah. had to go to him. Here's my feelings on that, and he'd do his little zip zip zibbity do <laughs> and move on. Right, right. Yeah. But he's not, but he's not, he's not reliable. And so I think that what, it's a, but it's a, a, it's a brick that needs to be put into the wall. And I think that they found it in, in Grohl and he's always the same and he's going to be that way. And he's been that same way for, as you say, 20 years. And, uh, you know, and it's not even really quantifiable other than he just fits and they need somebody to fit and media has exploded so much. That's been my take on it anyways. Interesting. So you see him everywhere. I, I, yeah. I, well, I, I, I like, I, I like, I, that, that answers it for me. It makes me feel a little bit better because I, I'd like to know first who they are, who's decided this. And, and secondly, it, um, that, that's the reason it, it bothers me because I don't want him to be agreeable. I don't want my rock stars agreeable. I don't want, I want him to be, everything's always cool with them. It's all good and all music's good and everything's good. The, the equivalent, uh, as far as a band that, that uh, came out around the same time, d- don't quote me on the timeline, but it's somewhere, it's somewhere close. And also is still quote unquote credible because they still seem to put out music that people want to hear even now. Like kids still, still like them is green day. Oh, but I right. don't think Billy Joe Armstrong, who is the face of that band, obviously, is is right. as as you say agreeable or even like he's still more, he's still more punk rock than than Dave Grohl, right? Like he's Billy Joe still has to go into rehab and stuff, and he he spouts <laughs> off at concerts and and p- pisses off woke people and stuff, right? So yeah, so I think he's a, he's an edgy personality who's less interested in being yeah like a brand a like, brand spokesman, huh? 
right. Yeah, he's and the Dave for me, Dave Grohl, like as George said, like <clears throat> he and 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 Taylor are pretty likable guys. In fact, two two personal stories, and and you know, being in L A, you're always like one or two degrees of separation from celebrities sure. as opposed to like six. But um, Taylor went to high school in Laguna Beach, I think. And he, one of my friends who plays bass for me, she, she went to high school with him mm. and they were, they were like in high school bands together and stuff. Yeah. So she knows him personally. Uh, and then as far as Dave Grohl, another band member, uh, friend, friends of mine, a married couple went to their, I believe it was the Lamaze class with Dave Grohl <laughs> and his and his wife. Yeah, and because it's L.A., it was kept very low key. You so know? L.A. Yeah. So so they they didn't go. Hey, you're Dave Grohl. We're musicians too. It was just sort of like, <laughs> hey, Dave Grohl's in our Lamaze. You having class. a girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh, anyway, but the thing the thing about Dave Grohl for me is that he became what what like is almost like this this interview torch that get gets passed. Now Bono carried it for a long time. Yeah. And Bono, like, if if there was a documentary being made about fill in the blank, it could could have been like like you go okay, there's a Clash documentary. You two is kind of contemporaries; they're both in the UK. All right, <laughs> I'll listen to what Bono says about Clash. But then a Frank Sinatra documentary, I don't really need to know what Bono thinks about about uh, Frank Sinatra. Or, you know, mm-hmm. he was in everything for a He was on the time. tribute record for Frank Sinatra. He did witchcraft, I believe. Yeah, so he, he's around all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you know, you'd be, it'd be a, a documentary about, um, you know, building horse carriages in the 1800s, <laughs> and Bono would pop up in it, you know? And, and then and at one point, he sort of faded and, and passed the baton on to Dave Grohl, ah. who ended up in every, uh, you know... I get that we all are are fans of a lot of different styles of music, but just because you like a style of music, like I don't need to see Dave Grohl being interviewed for for a documentary about Cool and the Gang or something. <laughs> you know, I I like I, I like Cool and the Gang too. I don't think I have enough to say about them to be in a documentary. Dave seems to think he can talk about anything, right? And so does the general public. So at this point, though, I will say I believe that Dave Grohl has now passed the baton onto Questlove. Oh, I think okay. he's the guy that everybody interviews, oh. interviews now. By the way, so yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a it's a uh, great tradition in in music to to be that guy who gets to be interviewed by everybody. But huh. uh, rich as, indeed. As far as him being like the 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 go, I guess you go to authority or what? What did you call him? Yeah, he's like he's sort of now the ambassador. He's yeah, like the ambassador. somehow this was the but, keys to rock and roll were given to him. I, I guess like, from my for earlier, everything. Like, I, I guess from my earlier point, which I didn't finish, was the only other band that would have that sort of because there's no rock bands anymore. Right, there's, there's that's no, the whole right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the only <laughs> the other one that would have been Billy Joe Armstrong, but he's not going to play that role yeah. in in media because he. I think he's kind of like fuck it. I don't want to be involved in that bullshit. Yeah. I did like that Dave. You know, he's like, like you said, George, he's a likable guy. And I, and I, and I feel like he does things that I admire. Like, um, when the time that, uh, Glee wanted to use some Foo Fighter songs for, you know, cause, and they would do their sort of Glee, yeah, fruity high school musical versions (laughs) of of those songs. And Dave Grohl said, no. (laughs) And, and the guy, the the creator of the show who was riding high because that show was so popular at the time was so pissed off in the media. And he just, he had a hissy fit. And Dave Grohl was still just going, dude, I don't want your, my songs in your shitty show right. basically was what he said. And yeah. I love that. I thought that I was fantastic. Like that a lot. And, and so it's even um, better because it's like, we all know that Dave will show up at the opening of an envelope and is happy to talk at least for now that he said no to that. So like, that's sort of 
proving my point, I suppose, that like he's still got plenty in that tank if he wants to. And so it makes him a very reliable yeah, loose end. Person. You know? I see what you mean. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So like there's something in it that like it just fits every little bit near still uh they're still they're still present in in the zeitgeist enough so that a high schooler would go that's dave Grohl, not right. yeah who the hell is that you know right. yeah i would imagine i would imagine at least most maybe a large percentage anyways well that answers that nicely i uh thank you and i and i the, the thing that, that set me off uh, particularly was that which i'm interested in both your takes on this as well was that i can't help it that i i still get pissed off at the rock and roll hall of fame even though i don't really care who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I get mad, just like the Football Hall of Fame. And really, they're not in, and my really they're not in this year was that I'm I'm totally pissed off that Duran Duran is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that, is that true? Yes, they're nominated this year. It's oh. about to change. Yeah, it's about, it's to, about change, to change, but still, hopefully. Nirvana's in, and then Dave's in with Foo Fighters, and Paul McCartney inducted them. And I'm like, really, does he warrant that? Yeah, that's what- I'm like, what the- what? I'm that's, just yeah, so that's, mad. Well, like, <laughs> the, the, first of all, that, that McCartney quote unquote collaboration they did with, with in right. the Foo Fighters was f- fucking awful. It was like a one four five blues song, like in halftime. <laughs> did you hear that, Aaron? Yeah, it was it was yeah. like embarrassingly bad. Um, you know, the band sounded fine, and McCartney's just sh- doing his shouty sort of. But it's a one four five fucking mm-hmm. blues song. Come on. Yeah. It's not a collaboration. That's 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 douchebag garage. We're drunk. Let's just fuck around stuff. You yeah. know. I, and by the way, I don't even think uh, on our low level we would want to do a one four five if we were just jamming. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I. That's what set me off was was that when I thought yeah. really he's in the Foo Fighters in and they're not in and, yeah. and, and McCartney they're good enough to to have inducted by the the best living rock star there is. Perhaps argument with Mick Jagger, but okay, you yeah. know. I mean, all right. Well, that answers my question. Anyway, That's good. I, I, I don't feel, even. I, I feel better about it now. Yeah. Thank okay. You. No, I think we're all kind of like on the same page. On, yes. Uh, okay. On, good. On the same Grohl page. I feel much better. This is great. I'd like to turn that page. <laughs> yes. So, uh, all right. Well, is it is it torture time? I, I feel like it is. Yeah. I'm I'm not looking forward Let's to this. I, I have the feeling you guys oh, are gonna. Yeah. I shouldn't. <laughs> I uh, added a, a, an element to the torture theme since you guys heard it last time. Here, here we go. Oh. Let's go down to the torture chamber. Torture chamber. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Anguish. Pain. Torture. (laughs) All right. Isn't there? Isn't there a ter? Is that I don't know if that samples from. Isn't there a terrible Michael Jackson or um, song Victory, the Victory record he made with all the brothers when yeah. he was? It's called Torture. That song right. was called Torture. Okay, but that's, okay, that's right. a, a, a guy doing it an acoustic version. Acoustic I found version of Torture. Because I, I didn't want the Jacksons to, to shut down our podcast <laughs> using the real version. <laughs> that's great. Um, so anyway, uh, it's. Again, we're in the torture chamber. This is the segment where two of us tr- try to win the competition of making the other guy hate the song more. Now, as we described, we did a test episode that I'm considering episode one. I don't care what you guys say. And uh, care what you and, say. and and we did we did torture Aaron on that 
episode and George won. George, George, uh, with songs, smoke on the water, smoke on the water <laughs> beat, uh, 10,000 maniacs. Uh, what's the matter here as a song that Aaron hated more. <laughs> so, uh, we're, we just decided to go in alphabetical order. So after Aaron comes Damon and I'm going to now sit in the torture chamber. You guys have a preference of who goes first? No. On, uh, on, on nope. who, who tortures me first? I don't. I invite you to go first, George. Okay, I, right. I I shall take that. Let me go. Let me go find it. It would probably would have been made sense if I would have been prepared to do this. Oh, come on, no. As we just discussed, that's not rock and roll. Being prepared is not rock right. and roll. You're not reliable. You're not Dave Grohl. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Relia Grohl. But <laughs> wow, that was otherworldly. Okay, so let's start with George. You guys Here ready? We go. Here we go. <laughs> so obviously this is let's put the x in sex which is yes kiss obviously it is, yes, it is. obviously it is. As, as as far as i know because i as i mentioned the guys from pot of thunder did this they did all the kiss oh, songs. i didn't know if you did if you'd heard it or not That's yeah what i was and yeah. and uh as i recall it's paul stanley Yes. And it's from, don't tell me, I. it's not 80s, it's 90s. Is, nope, is, 80s. Oh, it's 80s? What, like, what album is it? It's, uh, it's, it's, it, there was two songs done for the greatest hits record. Oh, and this is one of them. This is one of them. Smashes, thrashes, and hits. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I don't know what hits. of that, I'm not sure what this is of those three, because <laughs> smashes, thrashes, hits, and shit, I don't know. It's, mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. All right, so let's continue on. So far, I'm getting like a ding, a ding, ding, ding. That that's sort of like he, they're going for a Stonesy guitar thing. It sounds like. Well, one thing about it before you start that part right there, which I didn't, which when I in my research, that sounds very much like Addicted to Love, <laughs> and it does. Yeah, the keyboard in the back, the, the, the back, the keyboard sounds very much like you'd almost sing Addicted to Love over it. <laughs> Yeah, the kiss was. Yeah, they yeah. got a clap, boom, boom, bangle, like it's the yeah. synth bass, boom, boom, gable. Right. After listening to all those kiss songs that they did on 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 Pot of Thunder, yeah, kiss was sort of just like shamelessly uh, uh, cutthroat about just aping styles that were popular oh, at the time. Yeah. Well, it, we we can talk more, but play a little okay, bit, right, and I'll tell you the rest going. of the story. Right. Yeah. The lyrics are bad. It is addicted. It is addicted to love. Yeah, yeah, It's odd that Kiss would would have lyrics about sex. That's why I picked it because you hate this so much. And by the way, no, uh, t- taking into account that the song is called "Let's Put the X in Sex," it's not like. This is one of like three songs that Kiss ever did about sex. This yeah. is just like it's the worst they, song they could, ever did they, about could sex. A, they could have a song called um, "Let's Build a Boat," and there would still be talk about like just banging a chick in a cabin underneath or something. It would, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Typically, typically they do songs about like living in an agrarian society, right? <laughs> Helping your fellow man. Chemical, yeah. yeah, chemical responsibilities, Monsanto things like that. Yeah. All right. Oh, 
Listen. What's that? Listen to this part. This is my okay. best. This is the best thing. Okay. What, what did he say? <laughs> Let's put the S- X in sex. Uh-huh. Love's like a muscle, and you make me want to flex. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Shame. Oh, shame. Oh, that's bad. That's, I mean, for this Holy sort of Christ. meathead song, that's perfectly uh, viable lyric. It, really? You know, okay. Yeah. In other words, like, for the theme of the song, yeah. All right. His muscolo de amor is flexing. Is this Eric Carr? It is Eric Carr. Okay. Yes. In the middle of the night, heaven breathing never sounded quite so nice. And said, ooh, yeah, I wish that I was there. I asked her who was calling, but she wasn't playing fair. Sometimes you got- She wasn't playing fair? fair? Yeah. Oh. She won't tell. She won't say who she is. Sh- should I c- get the lyrics up, George? Uh, if you want to, but I mean, it's. It, I just wanted you to hear m- love like have a to muscle. Sanitize the house afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I might have uh, a, uh, an Aaron plumbing incident. Oh, yeah. But on purpose. <laughs> Sewage just might explode yeah, from it, this song. It, it actually would in be your plumbing. pants. <laughs> plumbing emergency in your pants. I'm going to plot. Plots. Plots. We got plot. it in, episode two. <laughs> Did he say begging for an apple? Yes. <laughs> like like a horse? What, what, what does that mean? I don't know. I'd have to see that. Or was it Adam and Eve? I think he said you're, you're begging for an apple, but you only get the tree. I think it's what he said. Only get the tree? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, apple. I mean. Maybe peach? I, mean, I don't if know. Someone said, <laughs> if someone said, hey, man. Uh, I, I, I've got but like. But see, uh, love gun. The tree's his cock. Hello. <laughs> But you're begging for an apple, but you want. But I'm going to give you the tree. Yeah, my cock's a tree. I think we have to look okay, the lyrics. Well, his, yeah. cock. His, his cock, cock his cock is his. a tree. Sorry, his cock's a tree. Uh, Damon, I know you asked for a penny, but I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. No, no, I said a penny. That's all I want. All right, no, but I guess this is cock is the is the bone. I guess the, uh, we have to go look the treat here for our, yeah. our lady friend. Yeah. All right, here we go. I know we've got this sort of weird sound system we're going through, but it, can anyone tell one word that Paul Stanley's saying? Yeah, well, because I no, know. No, no, that... it's really it's it's bad. It's bad. To... I know the I song. Not but knowing it's... them, I don't know them. Yeah, yeah, I know the song pretty well, but we can bring the lyrics up if you want. I was going to send them, I but I decided, well, we'll yeah. just talk about them. But the... I, can, I can't tell a damn he, thing. He's, he's singing very high, so it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people see. Let's put the X in sex. I'm looking this up right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna make I just, you, the the video. The Vivo I was gonna, video I was gonna make you play the video, but it's not the worst one of that era. So I didn't. I decided not to. Well, look, just judging by the picture, he is indeed putting the X. In he, sex. he is indeed in, with right. fingerless gloves. But he says she does. 
Or he's no, you're saying no, let's, he, let's, you and I together. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's looking for collaboration. All right, so what's the tree lyric? <laughs> Collabo. <laughs> uh, let's see. Apple and tree, yeah. Where is it? Uh, Second verse, probably. Um, I just never would have thought of that, like the apple and the tree, like the, that whole like is that what it analogy is, or whatever, metaphor, whatever he's doing there. Like none of, it's all, you're begging, begging for the apple, but you're going to get the... Uh, I gotta call in the middle oh, of the Eiffel. Car. You're begging for an Eiffel, Eiffel, but you only get a peak? Is that what we're... Yeah. Oh, oh that's weak. Oh, oh no. so we were saying Apple. No oh. wonder it didn't even... Oh. We were giving him shit for a lyric he didn't write. Look, I'm not saying Eiffel is that much better of a replacement. You're begging for an Eiffel, but you only get a peak. That's, that's but, it, but, like, right? but what does that mean? If you're trying to put the X in sex, what, you're getting peaks. You should well, be, like, doing it. I think full, he's full. He, she won't tell him who she is and he's offering like let let's cut the shit. Let's put the essence X and sex. She oh, she the whole, the whole story she's being that no, she, he gets a letter, he gets a call, but she he knows her body, not her face. He doesn't know who she is and he's saying let's cut the shit and put the X and sex. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> no, he's teasing her though, right? Because if she, if he, if ostensibly he's talking to her, your, you, the girl, yeah. are begging for an Eiffel. She wants to see his full pulse, his his uh, full Paul Stanley tree in in yeah, action, right? right? <laughs> and and he's saying, but you only get a peak, right? That's so it. yeah, so, so like what kind? He's playing games. He's right. playing games now. So so she should be saying. Well, he has to because she, she is saying, first. "Hey, Paul, let's put the X in sex, right? This. She should be the one saying, "Why are you dicking around with this?" Pardon the pun. With this, he's only giving me a peek. I want the Eiffel. Let's put the X in sex, dummy. Yeah. Unless I'm reading this wrong. Yeah. All right. I, let's continue. Let's on continue this song. His majesty. <laughs> let's continue this song in all its majesty. It's inspiring, you know, conversation. Are we? So are we in like Bruce Kulick era? Br- Bruce Kulick era. Okay. Yes. Correct. Yes. Cowbell. Okay. <laughs> you know what's happening here too is that like all this like they wished Georgie was this was this after uh like permanent vacation? It's around the same yes, time. Yes, yes, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the connection. After I'll tell you the connection when we're when we're done. Because <laughs> it's got to be like Boy, Des- they Desmond. really wanted yes. Desmond yes. Child. It's Desmond so badly. It's Desmond they Child to so yeah. badly have that vibe, that Aerosmith vibe from that time. It even yes. sounds like that. Oh yeah, like it's it's, it's like fakey, dude looks like a lady. Horn yeah. stabs with the exception, like where Bruce Fairbrain would have the actual horns. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fairburn. Yeah, this yes. really dude right. looks like a lady. That's what it fucking is. And yeah. and and it's all over the road. It's none of the Ugh. No, yeah. and he and Damon's right. He guessed already. It's Desmond Child. Yeah. Who's the yeah. songwriter yeah. and had done all the stuff on a lot of the stuff on permanent vacation. And right before that had done um <clears throat> um most famous for Living on a Prayer. Um and um the other one, um you know, uh, born to be my baby. The one before that. What's the one before that? The big hit, the big Bon Jovi hit is leaving me right now. I would die for you. Living a prayer, living on a prayer. No, the one on oh. on slippery when wet. Um, oh, uh, slippery. 
Slippery. I can't think of it right now. Donnie used to work on the docks? Yeah, that's living on a prayer. But there's another one that's very more Desmond Child, where it's all these kitschy, funny lyrics where it all has, you know, little metaphors in it and stuff. Bad Medicine? That's on the next record, but the first one's called You Give Love a Bad Name. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, based on the yeah. that that, that uh, rogues gallery of bands you just named, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that Desmond Child ruined music. Oh well, but true, true. But my 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 hypothesis here is that he tried to shop this song to everybody else, and every even Loverboy said, "No, we're not. This is <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, we're not this yeah, desperate. We're not the doing sex. Are you fucking serious? No, well, that's a pass for us, Des." And anyway, and, and and also don't forget that this has such a history to it because this is considered a low, the lowest point. I've even recently, even in my research, I saw Paul joking about this and making fun of himself on a Kiss cruise about this song specifically. Uh, the, that, thing, the thing that's weird about the, about uh, <clears throat> the guys from Kiss is that at the time, because if you listen to the song, this was very crafted. To sound like, as we've mentioned, yes. sort of like a, oh, yeah. a, a, a Aerosmith meets Robert Palmer meets whatever other kind of hard rock thing yeah. was going on at the time. Yeah. So for later for him to dismiss all this, like it's the same thing with The Elder, and we don't need to get into that. But yeah. at the time, they thought The Elder was a good idea. Yeah. Right? And then ever since then, they just completely trash <clears> it. I feel like if, if, he was, if he's been trashing Let's Put the X in Sex, it doesn't sound like it was a throwaway song when they're recording it, you know? Oh, no, it was it, – Aaron's right where they – because don't forget, here's the thing, that Desmond got his start because he wrote I Was Made for Loving You on Dynasty, which that's oh, okay. the first hit he ever writes. Yeah. And that's 79. And he – and the thing about that is also – although that was an international hit and a huge – and it's maybe had a resurgence. They play it live, kind of tongue-in-cheeky, but more rocky now. Um more rock oriented rather they um that was considered a low point for kiss i was made for loving you that's when they went disco and fans like me abandoned them them abandoned them then and so they went back to the well with and they had tried other desmond songs in between now in between 79 and this song came out in 88 that they'd tried other things and only heavens on fire from animalize was a big hit the rest were crap lick it up i thought was a big hit wasn't it but but Desmond didn't write that. Oh, okay, got They'd it. gone to Desmond a lot of other times, and Aaron's right. But they wanted the success that the rebirth that that Aerosmith had because they were contemporaries and they had this huge career after being in the seventies, had a whole different career in the eighties, and it was fueled by a lot of Desmond's songs, as was Bon Jovi, who were label mates with Kiss and taking them over as the most popular guys at the Mercury in the hallways of Mercury Records. My, my, my. So they turn to this to get, like, we have a greatest hits record. We need something new. Aaron's right. Like, we better go get, let's, we, what's, what's Desmond got? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> and he let them down again and had another low point for the band where this is considered <laughs> their low point for the 80s. This song is the bottom of the barrel of them, like you said, Damon, being, trying to just ape other genres that, when formerly they were the ones that influenced all these other bands. I feel like Kiss, you know, I, I've listened to so much of them over the over the past year or so on that podcast, and now yeah. here talking to you about it, George, quite, yeah. quite extensively. Yeah. I, and don't take this personally. Yeah. But I feel like Kiss thinks that they're more important than they actually are. Yeah. And yeah. the thing I've always loved about Kiss, other than like, to me, they've got like a dozen great kind of solid gold 
yes, uh, timeless rock tunes. I'm not going to take that away from them. Yeah. But I feel like in their minds, they think Gene and Paul think that Kiss are more important than Kiss actually are. Like they're they're the only ones who think Kiss are that important in, in the big scheme of rock. Like they they think I th- they went. It seems like they went through a long period thinking that they deserve to have like Aerosmith level popularity when. I don't know. I don't think Kiss was ever that great of a band to even put. And I don't even like Aerosmith, but I don't think Kiss is on the musically on the same level as Aerosmith. No, they they wouldn't. Uh, I, Paul might argue that with you. I don't know if Gene would. Gene comes right out and says that we're the most we're more important than the Beatles than Bob Dylan than anything. Yeah, <clears throat> he just says that. But this also is an example of a time just like '79 where, without Gene's involvement, Gene, this is almost a Paul Stanley solo cut. Like, he plays bass, he plays guitar, he plays... I mean, the drums and the lead are played by the other guys. Yeah. But Gene isn't on this at all. This is when he is trying to be in movies, and he's not... And this is what happens when you leave. As much as you hate Gene, this is what happens when you leave Paul on his own. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think any, uh, any uh, live basses were in any danger. Of, no. I don't think any, any strings were getting broken, because that's all synced out... <laughs> Yeah, I think that, and which yeah. is nothing wrong with that. I, I love it. I love a synth bass, but uh, yeah, I don't think <laughs> it, Paul's no gene, list, Paul's no listed, problem. Paul's listed as bass player on this when you look at the yeah, credits. But yeah, but <laughs> I, I just, I just thought this was <laughs> the <laughs> <lo> <laughs> this was the <laughs> lowest. <laughs> this was the lowest of the low for Kiss, and so offensive to you, Damon, because you hate Sunset Strip metal, and this is even yeah. this is them aping Sunset Strip, strip metal. Yeah. It's not even and you're right, real they, Sunset Strip metal. <laughs> they sort of did right. invent this, and yes. then they, they had to go back with their tail between their legs and yes. kind of go, hey guys, can we borrow some of that? Yeah, uh -huh. exactly right. <laughs> All right, let's, so, let's yes. continue on. Uh, yes. One, we got about a minute left of this. Oh God, this little joy. <laughs> One more time. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that line was "Keep it undercover, baby. Let me be but your be private, your private eye. eye." Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oops, <laughs> that makes a, a ton of sense. <laughs> All right, so that's going like to fade, fade out, out at that point, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Jeez. the the thing that that like the, <laughs> the the notion. Okay, first of all, if no no one had used the the phrase "let's put the X in sex" before, it's not great. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's certainly if no one had used it before, it's something to grab onto, especially a band like Kiss, who who writes all these songs about you know uh, being lusty rock stars, right? <laughs> so. But if you got to these lyrics, wouldn't you go, Desmond, great title. Let me massage this a bit. Yeah, let me get the red pen out. And, and, <laughs> do and a, kiss this up. Yeah, that's right. And But they, they left in lines like, keep it under cover, baby. Let me be your private eye. Because at that point... Uh, you're, you're, they're, you know, if they're, they're tapping in other bands, we're, we're getting into like Hall and Oates territory, right? We are. Yes. Private eyes, right? <laughs> they're watching you. Did, did Paul wear a trench coat in that video at all? He did. Oh yeah. And fingers. Did he really? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, all right. 
And this video is especially noted for um, a big distinction in the in the Kiss uh, in the Kiss catalog, where this is the first one where he does not have a guitar. He just is the singer. There's no guitar in front of him in the video. He's Uh-oh. just being lead singer. <laughs> Which was very John Bon Jovi. A lot of dancing, and, yeah. you know, fist, fist, you know, fist pumping, and you know that kind of. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> yeah, I don't want my guitar. Fisting. I like. <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> it's a fisting video. It is. It's they went. It's really, a really left they, turn. For wow, kids. it's a hard left turn for them. They fisting. I, <laughs> they, they were jokingly called fist for a while. <laughs> <laughs> the fist army. it's a different thing (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's you know we've got about 20 seconds left but i'm pretty sure i know where that's going yeah it's just a fade out yeah so i'm not allowed to 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 i mean i've been judging it the entire time but i can't give you any sort of uh you know uh torture chamber thoughts until we until we hear the aaron's Aaron's contribution this week all right so are you ready for aaron's yes just play it just play it just i'll you saw do you want to be ready for me to tell you uh, I'm I'm calling up YouTube right now. Go ahead. It's in the way that you use it, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh that is oh, a good one. You son oh, of a bitch. Oh, you son of a bitch. And it was, that it is would a have been one. such a great fucking start, too. Oh, and I know. Fucking crapped out. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that, too. By the way, just, just so no you know. No after midnight, but. <laughs> just, just for full enjoyment, we're going to listen to the 1999 remaster. Oh yes, great! <laughs> did you did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta start that over. <laughs> it's, uh, is, and this, all right, let's, let's let us play for a minute. What an asshole! What a fucking asshole! Is this is this the era when he was working with Phil Collins? Yeah, well, that's part of what I, I'll tell you about. Yeah, so yes, short answer, yes, it's that era. Yes, I'm guessing this is the same year as X and Sex. This, this has got to be '88. <laughs> this is '80. It's '80, '80, '86, and he's not okay. on. Um, Phil did the record, but he didn't produce this track, nor did he play drums on this track, though it leads off the record. Okay. Okay. Smackless blues. Yeah, exactly. Those those, those goddamn lyrics are so are so unbelievable, and that's uh, I learned some things about it in my my research. I I'll tell you, (laughs) this was written by uh, Slowhand and Robbie Robertson, who I only just found out he was involved. And it makes sense because it was for uh, Color of Money, and Robbie Robertson's always involved. Of course, Martin's. That's where it's from. Marty's movies. And uh, so he wrote this song. I'll give you another little slice of, uh, I guess this would be irony. <laughs> the original, the working title of this piece of shit yeah. is, uh, is, was The Gift. So you want to yeah. talk about deep, deep irony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. It is it's the opposite that. of a gift. Like the second you, I, I hear it, it's, it's an assault. Talk about a lump yeah, of coal. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like in the way it starts, and they they were why so Sa- jazzed. Why, mommy, why does so Santa hate me? <laughs> they were so goddamn jazzed about it, and and they started with that uh, uh, annoying 
horribly written chorus and immediately right and, into it. <laughs> yeah, right away. And it's yeah. loud as hell. Like, oh, it's a real shame that it didn't work right. So it came in perfect. Yeah. But, is it? Uh, what can you do? Was was this a hit? I mean, did you oh, look yeah. up like what? Yeah, huge, yeah, yeah, huge. No, it was, uh, now well, it was, on, it was KLOS would play it all the time. I get that, but it was that, everywhere yeah. then. It was everywhere. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It was it was a fucking it was ubiquitous as hell, especially growing up when we did and where we did and with KLOS around. So it was on all the time. But what's interesting is, and I had no idea about this. I mean, obviously, it also had an MTV presence and da 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 da. But uh, it never charted in the Billboard. 200 it never charted really which is sort of surprising i wouldn't have guessed that and uh and ultimately the single sold like half a million copies over like 180,000 in the states and the rest was everywhere else but i found it beautiful to find out that in robbie robertson's native canada they are not stupid and a grand total of 1,493 copies. <laughs> Canada says yeah. no. Yeah, Canada says, shut up. Yeah. And, and, and so, that's, so that's lovely. But yeah, it was 86. And, this is know, awful, eh? The, the, the lyrics are just unacceptable, just even as like a placeholder. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to... Yeah. And like... That's the funny thing that you say that because um, I'm looking up the lyrics right now. It's in the way that you use it. Um, it... It's the, the just the title itself sounds like something that you would just be humming if you're writing the melody. Yeah. Right, it's, it's hamming yeah, it. It's a phrase that no one right? says it. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like it's, it's like they're using it as a phrase of like you know it's better off next time or you know you know like some sort of like some phrase that they go like you know could lead a horse to water that they go well yeah it's in the way that you use it. So oh, boy, don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it in like some sort of, maybe it's some sort of like Canadian phrase of like talent is in the way that you use it. So like, or something like that, maybe, I don't know. And I couldn't find anything you're, else you're, about not, it. You're, but like, you're actually giving him way too much credit. Yeah. yeah no, it's God awful. All right. Like, cocaine was everywhere all the time on purpose. So, yeah. you know, that's how things like. All right, here, here we go. Now we can't carry on until we talk about that verse. <laughs> nobody, I cannot. Carry nobody's on. right until somebody's wrong. Nobody's weak until somebody's strong. No one gets lucky until luck comes along. Nobody's lonely until somebody's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and this is the this is the uh, kind of like what would you call him the revered lyricist and songwriter Robbie Robertson who wrote so many classics and this is the garbage he's putting into this song. Oh my God. And then the, it's the way, like you said, Aaron, like what does that mean? It's in the way that you use it. It's supposed to be, is that supposed to be like sexy or something? It's better than the gift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So carrying on here. I don't know if you're hearing this, Aaron, in, in your left channel, yeah. that, that really bad uh, yeah. synthesizer. The punch. The punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's like, it, there's just nothing good about it's this. Like a, it's, like a, it's like a fucking ice pick to the ear. <laughs> uh, it's courtesy of uh, of Tom Dowd, uh, yeah. Bolivia, and, uh, and Eric Clapton as a producer. <laughs> yes. And, you know, 
people talk about the 80s, quote unquote, as this this kind of magical time and what comes to mind, like, like Devo and Flock of Seagulls and stuff like that. But I the stuff that we consider kind of good music, I mean, George, apologies to George about hair metal and stuff, but but really like what, what you consider the kind of like edgy, new wavy stuff really is like from 78 to tops 84. I would argue 83, but OK, I'll give you 84. Agreed. The rest of the 80s was this shit. It was just nonstop crap from everybody. I don't care who it was. It was whether it was Bon Jovi or McCartney or Clapton or even like bands that were sort of cool in the early 80s, like like Human League. They started doing really shitty songs, too. The whole fucking comparatively deck. shitty, but like it, nothing, nothing was I would submit that everything that it was on K-Rock, it was the real problem was the legacy acts making music in the in the mid to late eighties, they all it like almost all were bad. Anything that was like new agey or anything like, you know, for every human league that fell off the later their chart, their chart history went, there was interesting Depeche mode being made, Depeche mode music being made and stuff like that still coming into K rock and to our ears. But like, man, it was bad. Anything that was happening, like <laughs> like weird bad company records released in like 89, like Kansas records in 88. It's like, yeah. And they were all on K- KLOS all the fucking time. And you'd hear Gino Michelini get start to throw in down on, on <laughs> stuff like, here's the new Frampton record in, you know, 90. You know? <laughs> it was just yeah. God awful. What the fuck are you doing? Like, God bless the acts for doing it. And I, a lot of them were supporting a career. So like, I hate to hate on him for that, but like, gee money. I was just gonna, I was just gonna mention a song from that era that that perfectly defines what you're describing. But I think I'm gonna save it for the torture chamber. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, might as well. Shrewd. All right, let's keep going with slow hand. And it really just seems to keep repeating that over and over again, right? It's almost like they just needed it for a trailer, and yeah. they go, "We just got to do this." Uh, it's it's the part where Tom Cruise is cocky. We ne- <laughs> and and yeah, and it's and it's it's become that it's become it's very zeitgeisty. I think where like you could the the it's in the way that you use it is is a is like a cultural punchline, yes, uh, to be done as as a goof. Like you're not. It's somebody who's. Is as if like you're saying, "Hey, I got up on time for work today." It's in the way. That's like as because it's <laughs> yeah. like sort of faux triumphant, yeah. Thing. There's some you know, there's some sketch I'm thinking of where they keep going to it, and I can't put my finger on it. But there is. It's a never sketch. not funny. It's it's yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. such a fist in the air, dopey thing with the dopey production and all that. So like that kind of gag works perfect. I think like Family Guy's done it a lot. I think that yeah. there's a number of other people Maybe that have Simpsons. done it a lot, and yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful gag because it's so overwrought, um, and because it starts the way it does, you don't you don't have to wait for the punchline at all. Like you just no. hit the one line, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, and it and it really does represent that kind of yuppie, real I mean, yuppies was kind of invented in the eighties, right? Oh yeah. So so it really does represent the true yuppie kind of like aging hippies who kind of abandon their 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 uh, hippie you know, attitudes principles. And, yeah, <laughs> principles. Exactly. And then, but they're still rocking out quote unquote with, with Clapton. Right. Yeah. And you would never hear that in a, in a cool divey bar. 
you'd hear that at a bar that those chumps would be at, which would be like OJ O'Pooter toots right off the interstate, you know, where like people go down there and you get a blooming onion and bullshit, you know, yeah. where it's Shimmy like Charlay's funnery hut. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to pick up on, you know, calf from accounting, you know, and, and she'd be comfortable there. Right. <laughs> have you ever seen the way that Kath uses it? Because he might have been writing about her. She. she. It's in the way that's that Kath used it. She knows. That's why she, she she makes very special. She marries her, her special uh, uh, muffins that she brings in every other Thursday. <laughs> by, by the way, Damon, the asshole yuppie thing that you described is the cover of that record. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. He's got the, the big jacket and everything. Yeah, it's totally. And, and oh, correct me God. if I'm wrong. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to go go out on a limb and say, okay, first of all, I believe Forever Man was was another gem yeah, from this era. Terrible. Yeah, it's the it's, that's the next album. I think it's that one. Yeah. Bad Love, and I mean that was one of the points I was going to make about this song is that is that there was, <laughs> and I wrote it down just so I wouldn't forget it. But there's uh, there's a period of time where it was from 1986 to 1990. You had Bad Love pretending before you accuse me. She's waiting, Forever Man, like. All just like I, when's after all, like, midnight? When's I'm, after midnight in there? After midnight. Uh, that's early. That's early. That's before any of this. It's like just spun right? a lot at that time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's all a 70s right. song. Okay. And and yeah, I just god awful mess. I'm yeah. really s- sort of upset that enough of the bandwidth of my brain remembers all of those songs. Oh, like, yeah. It's what a waste yeah. of, of 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 space in my in my brain with all those garbage songs you just named. And I know all of them. I yes, shouldn't you, know any of them. Yes, you do. But I guess yeah. my question was going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if this was just kind of like he filmed four or five videos in one day. But I, I'm pretty sure Forever Man was the one where, which every 80s artist was doing, which was on a soundstage with a lot of lights flashing and the camera panning by really fast. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah, sure I remember like that. on Big Tower. Yeah, and yeah. he he was like that's the Forever Man video. Am I am I wrong about that? But but then well, isn't that you're every right other... about that? But it's wrong. <laughs> 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 but it's but then I then I start thinking. Well, then it's in the way that you use it. Could also I could also see Clapton in that exact same stage with those exact same yeah, lights flashing. Yeah, he does flashing. the. Um, it's just him and like I think there's water on the ground, uh, and 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 there's the to his left or right. Is a screen that's showing clips from the movie. Right, that's got to so be. It's all about the yeah, clip. This is all about the trailer. Yeah. This is what this is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think maybe it, Damon. I think what we're saying here is that slow hand has turned into shit mittens. Bow <laughs> bow. <laughs> 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 yeah, I will say. I will say that I think like a shit. I, this is a god awful mess, and like. The drummer, uh, Henry Spinetti, who's like played with a lot of interesting people. He's played with two different Beatles. Uh, but yeah. like his performance sounds like I said that it sounded like they put the the uh, who gives a shit button on on the console because it just sounds real muted and lifeless. And it sounds like he's just sort of going through the motions and it's not the actual take. Uh, and then the other side was I said providing the sole bright spot on this midnight in a shit box <laughs> is the bass performance by Lawrence uh, Cottle, and he's apparently he's like a jazzer who's played with a ton of people, but like he's got that real like donkey and around bass line throughout that's like put some ass in it. I will say I will agree, mm-hmm. but like that's it's really reaching to find something of worth in this and like. Every other song on the album is also dog shit, but at least Phil Collins is playing. So there's the 
to me, he's one of my favorite drummers, and to me, there is a sonic, so corny to say, but like a sonic exuberance or a joy or a charm to anything Phil Collins does. Mm -hmm. And like it or not, corny or not, what the fuck ever, doesn't matter. He is charming. And, it, and there's a vibe. And he's a great vibe of a player. So even on shit songs, at least Phil's there. And also, unsurprisingly, the production on the drums <laughs> explodes with the rest of the songs on the record, which is, uh, but you just can't listen to him because it's a fucking slow hand record and, and, and it's abysmal. Did- Doesn't even sound, to me, I don't think that Eric Clapton enjoys the music that he makes. He always looks like he's bummed out. He sort of got that sort of Pete Townsend, that ah, shit vibe you know all the time to me and it yeah. feels like it and it fucking sounds like it it's a bump on a log and before before he became what he is right this particular era we're in now with the other stuff that's going on with him i've always felt that way about him and damon and i used to rag on him at the time like yeah we felt this way then this isn't like older men reflecting i feel the same now as i did then apologist that i may be like ooh, fuck yeah, he's it's definitely a day job for him. Like he's he's sort of got to maintain his income flow or whatever else he's got going on. Yeah. To to and yeah. and just all right, another uh, another concert, another hit, whatever 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 you define as a hit. He doesn't have any hits anymore, but at the time he had a, a ton of these garbage hits. And he probably just was like, "All right, yeah, you're right because you, like there's stories of of, you know, Lennon and McCartney running into uh, McCartney's dad's room and saying, listen to the song we just wrote. And they started playing, she loves you, you know? And, and, you know, it was that sort of exuberance and, and, and excitement and enthusiasm for creating and going not, you know, not only are are we liking it as we think a lot of other people, do you feel like Phil or not Phil, but, but Clapton and Robbie Robertson were like high-fiving after they wrote this song and and like, let's go play this for my wife. She's going to love it. They probably just yeah, like no, oh, it's just all about coke and yeah. like let's get it done. Yeah, send this before. to the, send this to the it. producer. Have him tell the musicians what to play, and we'll just show up and do it. That's what it's. You're right. It's what it sounds they like. They had to get me. it done for Marty. <laughs> like they needed it for yeah, the trailer. Like, yeah, that's what it is. And <laughs> I, and so there's that whole rationale where they're like, "Fuck it, it's for the movie." Um, you know, it's got that big loud coke sound where everyone's mm-hmm. lost their hearing, and so it's that weird. It's too tinny. It's too everything. You know, it's it's. It's a, it's it's a fucking embarrassment, and the lyrics are unacceptable from a guy. And I think you may have covered this before, but I had lost you entirely. But like, Robbie Robertson's a beautiful fucking writer and a beautiful lyricist, and none of that, like less than zero of that, is being made available to this song. Yeah, that's like, that that it's one. Like, it's like Robbie was driving by in a car and threw some garbage out, and it had these and, he he, and some like. Yeah, it's like and if Soul had like maybe the words were upside down. If you turn it all the way around, it's actually beautiful poetry. But like this is he's got it. He's got it spun around. Like oh shit, no, this is priceless. Sorry, take two. Yeah, the the refrigerator magnet words that he used for the weight. I, I guess a lot of them had fallen off the refrigerator at this point. And just sort of like, That's what happens when you have little kids around. They just move all the shit yeah. around. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, yeah. this is a uh, nightmare now. Eric, I got like, nobody's weak if everyone's strong. We can just use that, I guess. And there's also an uncomfortable thing that's happening in that where he's doing a bit of, like, I love Sting. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not talking shit. But there's a bit of, especially knowing Eric's 
rather dubious history. Uh, there's a bit of a patois being thrown down, like a, nobody right till somebody wrong. There's a bit, there's a bit of that oh. that's uncomfortable happening to me, um, which I probably wouldn't have picked up on if there was anything else to like about the song. Oh, I was looking almost for like other a reasons to fucking hate cultural it. misappropriation. Yeah, yes. yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. something happening there yeah, that's a little yeah. reggae, dicey, a little yeah. dicey, <laughs> yeah, a little dicey. Yeah. Especially, well, especially coming from him, who's got a rich history of talking some evil shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that would have made this song better is if in the middle of it, because this was 86, right? I think. Yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, Run DMC was kind of like coming into their own at this point. <laughs> so in the middle, if it, if it broke down to him going, my name is Eric and I'm here to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the way that you use it every day. <laughs> I like right. to rap in a Robbie Robertson way. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, everybody. Put your hands together. Say, hey. 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 Everybody hey. say, hey. All right. Now, hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Listen yeah, like to my guitar. <laughs> There's nobody involved that wasn't blasted to the gills on Coke and was known to be. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, from Marty on down the line, uh, I've, it's I've, just... I fucking Dog hate shit. these guys. I, I do. I really hate no. these guys. And I, I did. I did at the time. I didn't really know why back then. But you know, these guys are probably at this stage. It was this eighty six. So they were a little bit younger than us right now. I would think. But still, you know, in the same age range as we are right now. And it's look. I've never had to be a rock star and kind of maintain a career and stuff. But this is a fucking embarrassment. In, in your yeah. like to, to do this shit, a and, sonic and embarrassment I, and an artistic embarrassment, and yeah, like a legacy embarrassment. And, uh, and what, wouldn't you ugh. think like you and I at this stage would have been like, you got to be fucking kidding me! I'm not doing. It's in the way that you use it. Get that shit out of here. If someone offered that song to us, you know. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the, there's something better you could do. You could be clever about it, and like you know. But the Giants, uh, you know, look, but like what. What's interesting, I think, sometimes is like when big artists, established artists, like you'll see this with you too a lot, where they'll take to make big, big steps, you got to take big, big swings. And you uh, two, an act that's like reinvented itself a number of times, which is completely laudable, I think, and like makes them very adorable. And I, I will back up you two forever. But you're also, when you take those big swings, you're going to, you know, some real fucking mistakes and like but like no one's even trying to do that here they're just making and this was sort of the spoke of the mid 80s in this era for those kinds of rockers on the klos rockers where it was limp swings with shit material uh loaded on drugs so like nobody gave a shit to even try harder is the way it sounds i'm sure it was a lot more difficult than that they, somebody was trying some engineer was probably given a shit in that room and he's the only guy who was it sounds like yeah, and based on the on the budgets that they had for albums back then, you know, they a lot of really talented tech people made this song sound exactly how they needed to sound, which was like you said, big big mom, you know, mom jeans coke rock. You know, right. <laughs> and like it there was it took time to do it, you know, like cuz you got to get Catherine accounting fucking down and she had this and you does that like mom or like she's driving and like tapping with her full palm onto her leg onto her thigh <laughs> as she's driving it like on the yeah. offbeat sort of all over the place yeah. and like if you could do that then then and it you're you're zeitgeisting the shit out of it but like it's an embarrassment song it's only funny 
and it's 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 atrocious. It's one of the worst things ever. <laughs> and I'm so thrilled that Phil Collins didn't have anything to fucking do with it. Is he like he's like, oh man, that was. Oh. A, <laughs> I'm not playing the drums on this, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And, like, he's made some mistakes, too, but fucking Phil at least is charming in this. Like, they sucked all the charm out of the room on this track, man. I I love your description of Kath in the car, and and she's like, and she's, it is in the way that I use it. (laughs) You know, tonight, tonight, I'm going to have that second Singapore sling, and, you know, I'm going to talk to Gary. I'm going to talk to Gary. I'm going to do it, because it's in the way that you use it. He's right. Yeah, it, it comes the, and it goes. You know, sometimes you're on top of the mountain. Other times, not yeah. so much. No, nope. my right or my right. But tonight, <laughs> I see the cats like at, at, out at the bars, like and and they're they're rocking out to to the band or whatever. You picture her in 1986, and she was probably a very good looking woman, and out at the bar and 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 just shaking her ass to this song. It's in the bed, and she's just sexing it up on the dance floor and everything. And even, using it, she was, she, she was using it, and and uh, it's the now I'm at, uh, annoyed at that too. Not only Clapton mm. and the whole production team and Robbie Robertson, I now she's on my shit list just for dancing to this song. <laughs> you fucked up, Kath. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> accounting. Oh, so why don't why don't I give you guys my determination here? Sure. And right, uh, it's this is a tough one because they're both. I think both of these songs are coming from a similar place, they which are. was 80s and aging rock stars still trying to be relevant, maybe not even deserving of of as much credibility as they as they now enjoy or in the 80s as as they enjoyed, meaning I think both Kiss and Eric Clapton's time had passed, right? Musically. Um not that they, you know, I let's Let's just say once and for all, Cla- Clapton's a giant piece of shit, and I hope no one buys another ticket to his any concerts <laughs> moving forward. But let's just say in the '80s, like when we didn't know what a yeah, unbelievable hits in the '90s though. After this, with the with the fucking unplugged and seated and oh, falling asleep album. But, but that was but, all. But, that was all his own songs, wasn't it? Was it was a retread. Yeah, what was it? Tears like, in Heaven. He did have like, the. He had Tears in Heaven, and then like Change the World and stuff like that. So he would do things, oh but like God, all of it sounded I... even limper, limper than what this is. That yeah. was, and then he laughed all the way to the bank. Where he, that would mean he would be laughing. He, he moped all the way to the bank. But I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go out and say this, and I don't really care. I, I don't think either of these acts were were sort of deserving of all the accolades they got. You know, I, I think Kiss to me is untoppable, if that's a word, and as far as their visuals presentation, it's t- still to this day creeps me out to look at kiss like on stage. Cause there's, it's so scary and awesome, you know? It is. And as you say, they had 12 undeniable classics. They did. Least, which yeah. I can't say for, I can't say for slowing. And I, and, and having listened to all that kiss recently, I, I, I have a lot of, you know, respect for them as a band, as a collective guys who played together. Clapton too. is like, he had his era cream, I guess was like his pinnacle. And then he had a bunch of hits in the seventies that some some were okay and a lot were garbage. And then he just kind of like turned into this 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 corporate douchebag. So they're both both bands to me are coming from this place of we gotta stay relevant and 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 failing miserably. <laughs> I mean getting the job done to sort of sound contemporary, but I don't know. The 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 end product wasn't that great. At least as I think I have to give the edge to Aaron this week. Okay. Because <laughs> At least, as you said earlier, Aaron, like Kiss at least sounded like, well, 
They they they're sounded trying. like they're they trying. were tr- they, they're yeah trying like to find something. Pa- Paul Stanley could Paul be talking sh- he, Paul could be talking shit about that song now like sort of rolling his eyes and going ah we didn't really I don't know why we did that song at the time he didn't sound like that at all when I'm listening no. to that song he was going for it and as as you said like there's there was an exuberance in the in the Kiss song it's a yeah, stupid it's, fun. it's fun. a stupid stupid as fuck he was du- selling it yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's it's a <laughs> yeah. and the band sounded good I mean you know the uh, Carr and and Kulik were great mm-hmm. players um. Uh, but it, so, but the, the lyrics were atrocious and just stupid. And like I said, like they should have just taken that halfway decent kiss title and ma- and written a different song with it, but they didn't. Um, but, so as, as, as much as that song has, has it going against it, like this Clapton just really sets me off. This guy is just a <laughs> giant <laughs> dick. And, and at the time, and like Aaron said, at the time we were saying this about him, Aaron and I wrote a, a fake Clapton song at one point. Um, I don't even remember what what was it called. Well, the guys really did remember. that. See, I don't know any of this. This is great. Yeah. Well, you got to sell this story now. Good Jesus, you buried the lead. Yeah, what, 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 <laughs> you guys hated um, this thirty years ago. <laughs> we, no, it's, it was it was the first line was we have an understanding. Me and Milady. Oh that yeah, was that's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have an understanding. Oh, me and Milady. <laughs> yeah, we, we wrote a you whole got a song. You gotta find you guys, it. We didn't. No, we didn't re- record it or anything. We would just sing it to to each other when we were drunk. But <laughs> oh. but the, the that it's not like we went back and listened to '80s Clapton and wrote that song. We wrote it in the '80s while Clapton <laughs> was having hits. So that's how much how shitty this oh, guy has, has been. So and and you know he's not even that great of a guitar player and I, we didn't even get into that but I, I think he's a perfectly competent professional guitar player he's not going to get on stage and fuck up he but, feels bored if he feels bored of his own playing yeah his I've own playing he's like, not the guy's uninspired he doesn't only, care about this Aaron the Why only th- the only thing <laughs> the only thing he he seems to care about in life is being a quote unquote authentic blues man meaning oh, right. meaning yeah. like and he's not. Know, I, I don't think he thinks he's BB King I don't think that I think he he strives to be up in that soulful level of a BB King and Albert King and all his heroes. And I have yet to hear a solo from Clapton that sat, that has any, that approaches any soul by any authentic blues artist. I mean, I, I'm including the you know, Ray Vaughn and, and guys like that in there too. Like Clapton just is not in the same league as a blues player. He's he's garbage. He's f- fuck this guy. Aaron Aaron wins. Aaron's tortured me way Fuck worse. This guy. I'm now Fuck this look, guy. This is how you know it was a good torture chamber session. I'm now in a bad mood. <laughs> congratulations, Aaron. <laughs> congratulations. I like the swing I took, but congratulations. This is this is a big you've really got Damon's in a twist. <laughs> so I, let me let's move on to Sorbet and we'll get this over with and get the fuck out of here. Sorbet. Cleanse the palate. Let's hear this. I okay, here we go. Is. I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a little into a verse and a chorus, and then I'll tell you guys what we're what we're hearing. Okay. All that she wants is the honesty. All that she wants is the opposite of me. All that she wants is someone who doesn't hurt. All that she wants is the action, not the words All the action, not the words It's the action, not the words If she ever knew that I would never be the man I promised I would be If she ever knew that 
Okay, any guesses on who this is? I have none, but I like the song. <laughs> you do like it? I do, yeah. Yeah, this is Mr. Robin Thicke. Really? Robin yeah. Thicke, yeah. There's a, that's a huge void in my... Uh, wow, oh, Robin father's Thicke, a real Robin piece Thicke. of oh, shit. I, was, I, was, I, was thinking, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about Robin Thicke. When you said that, I was thinking of uh, Robin Hitchcock. <laughs> that's what oh, I heard Robin. in my brain. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Robin. So the what real the real quick background on this story. Now, I'm a guy who loves breakup albums. Mm-hmm. Um, some some that float to the top for me are uh, Chris Isaac, Forever Blue, Marvin Gaye, Here My Dear, uh, Beck, Sea Change. These are all songs written about a, a, the end of a relationship, and there's probably countless others. Um, this was right after uh, Blurred Lines happened, and Thick. Robin Thicke had been married to his wife for like 20 years at that point when he kind of like, I know he had a lot of R and B hits, but he never had like a huge breakout hit, like blurred lines. And just judging by the video of blurred lines, I'm pretty sure he was just swimming in tail. And, and I think, and I think his, his wife who probably put up with a lot of his bullshit in the past. And he even talks about it in this, in this song about like, uh, you know, which he gets into later, but uh, I think she just said, all right, I'm out of here, asshole, uh, you know, after banging Emily Ratajkowski or whatever he had going on. Yeah. And so he, you know, thought he saw the light and wrote an entire album about her. And the name of the album is Paula, her name. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. And this this song is now this album, from what I could tell from the reviews and everything, it was uh, so, sort of received lukewarm at best. I mean, people thought it was kind of creepy that he was writing all these intimate songs about their relationship mm. and the one I, I won't you know na- you know quote every article but there's one article that reviewed it and they said that the only song that has any redeeming qualities is this one i'm playing for you now it's called <laughs> the opposite of me and uh it's it's just fantastic like soul groove um he sounds great uh it you know it, and the lyrics are just f- fucking knife in the heart i mean but just about i tried um and it looks like I really, she just has to go find someone who's not me, you know, because yeah, I, every, right. everything, everything I tried just didn't work. And he's taking blame for a lot of stuff and just not even, and, and at the end of the song, he's not even saying, now that I've admitted I've done all this stuff wrong, will you, he's just saying, I fucked everything up and there she goes, I, I think is the, is the sort of theme of this song. Mm. So I'm going to carry on a little bit. Yeah. It's all that she needs is a good all that she needs is another trial All that she needs is something that I can't give her Just can't give her Cause all that she wants is the honesty All that she wants is the opposite of me All that she And I feel like, uh, obviously, someone of, you know, in, in Robin Thicke's circle Using you, you know, working with a lot of producers and and hip hop guys and stuff, he, you know, I feel like there's a real band performance going on here, or they at like least it, yeah. they at least looped real guys playing and then d- dropped it into the song. Yeah, that bass line's great. This yeah. was driving this whole thing. Yeah, really the like that bass, bass line. And, and the, the yeah. dr- it sounds like yeah. a real drum set again. They could have just like chopped up a real guy playing and kind of stuck in the pieces they like where they wanted them. Don't sound like it. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's how that's yeah. how well produced this yeah. is. So Who produced it. Great number. I uh, I'm not sure. Might have okay. been probably him and seventeen other right, guys. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. 
action, not the words. All the action, not the words. The action, not the words. All the action. I'm pretty sure he banged those two backup singers during the session that he was writing the song or singing the song to his wife. Well, I, you know, wouldn't you? I mean, I mean <laughs> he already fucked up. Well, he already yeah. out the door. And you know, his, so and his father's a giant piece of shit that like did stuff like you know fucked his girlfriends and stuff when he was in high school. Oh, nice. His father's Alan Thick, you know. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. What a family. Yeah. All that she needed was a true friend. All she received was a troubled man. She couldn't be with someone like a dad. And I just rewarded her with my drunken rants. Now that's a heavy line. It is. Be someone just, like her dad. I just <laughs> be, yeah. She she needs someone who wasn't like her dad, and I just rewarded her with my drunken rants. Yeah. All that she needs is. All that she needs is another try. All that she needs is something that I couldn't give her. I just can't give her. Cause all that she wants is the honesty. All that she wants is the opposite of me. All that she wants is someone who doesn't hurt. All that she wants is the action of the world. It's almost over, but the the action, not the words. I mean, is, isn't that something that you should apply to everything in your life? Yes. Not just a relationship? Yeah. But I, I just think that's a great refrain he keeps coming back to. It's the action, not the words. Like, mm-hmm. like right. he's trying to tell him. Because it's already so- too late for, I'm sorry, he's, he's already done that. She's already gone. So, you know, your, your, your actions are a lot louder and what I actually have to deal with, you know, <laughs> right. good are your words. Yeah, exactly. And he's figuring it out after the fact. Here we go. This is almost over. A couple more seconds. It's the action, not the words. All the action, not the words. It's the action, not the words. And a nice traditional ending, too, which I thought was cool. Yeah, the good sorbet. Kind of- it's a really good sorbet. Did you like that, guy? I did. Yeah, it's I liked very it good. a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. Did anyone else get there are two things that I got uh influence wise. There's something about this that feels like Paul Simon to me. Oh, that's a good call. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his delivery or his voice. And then also I keep I keep hearing um with the ba- the girl backup singers the um the Bangles song If She Knew What She Wants. Oh yeah. If she mm-hmm. knew what giving it, it feels like the same theme or the same it almost that does back up for make it feel girl group yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah those are the two things i heard in it that the, i didn't expect to yeah the paul simon mm-hmm. thing that like there's probably a melodic similarity to the way yeah. paul simon it's similar writes. to diamonds on the soles of her shoes in a way that it was is that what it is yeah. System. yeah yeah and maybe even a little i just right when you said that aaron when you, I, I thought of angels want to wear my red shoes i know that's elvis costello but there's something about that that feels this feels a little bit like that to his vocal delivery, but it's more Paul Simon. But it's a, it's a, I didn't expect to, I wouldn't have guessed that was him. And I wouldn't have guessed those two things would, I'd hear it in there. Right? right. Yeah. Ah, do you guys feel Very cleansed? Cool. I feel better. I feel like I can breathe. This <clears throat> yeah. Feels, it's, been a, yeah. it's been a stressful couple hours. 
has. <laughs> it has just with the with the technical stuff. But but I mean, those two songs were real pieces of shit we picked. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> guys. From the same era. I mean, those were really. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. yeah, we needed this. We did. <laughs> so It'd be interesting to find out how many of these songs stick in a. I'll bet you that there's going to be a Venn diagram that sort of pops these songs in a real particular time frame. But, uh, I have to keep track of it. Oh, no, from the 80s. Yeah, yeah those two songs yeah. are very similar. Damon made a good point is both bands are trying to, or Eric Clapton and Paul Stanley are both trying to get a hit, you know? And, yeah, <laughs> in, in a very half-assed kind of way. Um, It just, I have a question for you guys, and I don't know the answer, is... is What's what's with Marty and Eric Clapton is just them from the sixties or seventies or something. It just occurred to me that the featured song in Goodfellas is Layla or whatever the you know the ending to that. I mean that is the signature yeah. of Goodfellas. What is it with him and yeah, Eric? He, he said that, but like Robbie Robertson does. Robbie Robertson does the. Uh, I think that he's got a hard on for all sort of the English blues and R and B, as with the Stones are ubiquitous in his movies. And yeah, then like like Robbie Robertson is like the. I would never think of him as a blues guy. And he's sort of, but but he is a composer and is an interesting uh, style. So, like, I guess that's why he's around. But he's been around since like the mid '70s with Martin Scorsese, I think, if not before. But oh, yeah, I think the, that's why he probably feels that way about Eric Clapton. Well, that's the the the, the last wa- the last waltz, right? Right, right. That, the, the, right. Robbie Robertson's the band, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, the yeah. last I don't know waltz, shit about yeah. him. Yeah. The last waltz yeah. is that famous concert movie of the the band breaking up, right? And and right. Scorsese was the director, as, as far as oh, I know. Oh, okay, I didn't know right. that. Right, I remember that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time magazine. with the band stuff recently. Yeah, and it's he's, oh. uh, they're just fucking unbelievable. But um, you know, it's uh, I think that's why they have that relationship. But that's probably why he got dragged into this goddamn mess. <laughs> Yeah. Now I just I just did a palate cleanser and you guys are dragging us back into Clapton. It's how bad it is. We're taking a full circle. You know, we're just going to find this. <laughs> this is up to you as the leader of the ship to go. And now you got to end it right at the right yeah, time. Yeah, right, right. And cut. <laughs> got to protect everybody. You're All right. So, the car. so what do you say we wrap this up? Yeah. Wrap it up. I'll Let's take sign it, it off. <laughs> and uh, I guess we have a few challenges to overcome: plumbing <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, audio tech, <laughs> maintenance, Zoom, and otherwise. Our, Domestic, our own, artistic, and our, our own actual sh- shortcomings as as uh, radio performers. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, broadcasting <laughs> issues. So uh, let's let's uh, knock it on the head, and uh, we'll see you next on the next episode of Ear and Loathing. See ya. Bye. Ear and loathing. Somehow got through that shit. That was fun. <clears throat> it was really fun. It's I... going to be so much more fun when we could fucking just get through the technology. You know, I mean, right. I hate to be a broken record, but that's what I've been fucking fearing no, this I entire know. time. I all of our worst fears. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get another drinky. Yeah, good thinking. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.